0: You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as the family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. So glad everybody's here this morning. How many of you like to do new things, different things, instead of just routine all the time? I'm kind of a routine person, but uh, Joel's not. Joel likes to do different things. Yeah, so... I think just to tie in a lot of what was said already this morning, you know, Amy talked about getting, ter- putting the turn signal on and getting ready to get off. Um, and then uh, Sherry talked about how God himself brought himself off the throne and put himself in a different situation than what he needed to. someplace perhaps even uncomfortable in an environment of sin. And I wrote at, on my notes early, um, before all of this, I wrote in the back here, it says, we need to head towards our discomfort zone. We need to be, um, kind of get out of the, the, um, the, the regular norm of what we do every day. A lot of times, I'll go do White Plains for business and uh, I know the places I like to go for lunch or whatever, but I had a boss once and he he always took me to a different place every every time for lunch and and I it was a little uncomfortable for somebody who's a routine person. but I think that God wants is is speaking to us today. You know the revelation says we need to hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches, right? And you're in the right spot if you're in a church this morning, you're you're in the right place. I think about a lot of ex-presidents, I I heard about one just the other day who increased his wealth by tenfold since he's been president because he goes around and speaks. And people pay him a lot of money to be able to hear what he has to say or she has to say, whoever it is that's very important. Well, guess what? You're in a place where God is speaking, and it's very important. We need to hear what he's saying to the church. And I think, number one, um, let's be willing this week to get out of our comfort zone i think i have a picture of a of, of 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 a like a tray of water going down through to to head into a direction but there's all kinds of plants and stuff on the side that it's missing and it needs to start leaking out right to get to not just its total destination so you and i have destinations every day every Week of our life, but we need to be ready to get off that exit, like Amy was saying, and um, get to a place perhaps that's a little uncomfortable, right? Just like God stepping off the throne, and so let's do. Let's be open to that this week. Who knows what God can use you for? Um, I was talking with my friend yesterday. His name is Willie, and uh, he talked about just going out and ministering and going to a specific place, and I'm thinking. You know what our place of ministry is? It's in our everyday routine, where we get, where we're prepared to just go off to the side. We're prepared for the woman at the well. We're pre- we're prepared for whatever comes our way. We don't have a lot of control over a lot of that, right? But we do have our routines and just get ready for that turn signal. Get your, get ready for that uncomfortable place because that's where the power of God exists. It doesn't it doesn't exist. We're ready and prepared all the time. It exists where we just really don't know what to do next. That's when the when God's power is made perfect. Amen. Um, I want to talk to you today a little bit about um, delicious food. That's the name of the sermon. And we're going to start off in Genesis chapter 27. And we're going to read f- verses 1 through 4. I've got a lot of scriptures. I hope you don't mind uh, I won't probably read them verbatim, but you'll see many scriptures up behind me. I, I buried those guys with uh, notes and scriptures. So, um, Father, we just thank you this morning that you're a good God, Father, and that there's faith here today, Lord God, to be able to receive from you and to take it out with us, Father. We, we, we love you today, Lord God, and we just trust, Father, that you give us hearing ears, seeing eyes, and a perceiving heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, just another th- quick thing before I read. You know, um, I know that many of us here would like about 10 people that are close to us that are not here to be here with us. And uh, we we have constant heartache with family members, children, brothers and sisters, loved ones or whatever. Um, you know, that's not so much unlike the Lord, right? He's got many, many, many wayward children, and yet he's not all worried and bothered. He's at rest. And so I just want to encourage you today to be at rest and let God take care of God's things, right? There's only so much we can do, and if the truth were known, we would see just how very little control we have over anything. And it's good just to let go and let God take care of things, all right? He's, he's not all upset. He's not all bothered. And he says for us, too, the servant of the Lord shouldn't strive. So let's find that place of peace and rest this morning. Genesis 27, 1 through 4. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here am I. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow and go to the field and hunt game for me and prepare for me delicious food such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless you before I die. I want to talk again about delicious food. It, t- it says in verse four that phrase delicious food. Verse 14, if I go down. So, so he went and took them and brought them to his mother. And his mother prepared delicious food. 17, verse 17 says the same phrase. And she put the delicious food and the bread which he had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And then again in verse 31, he also prepared delicious food. This was, was uh, um, Jacob this time. The idea here is, uh, is a preparation, a plate for God, something that he's, that satisfies him. Just like um, Cain and Abel came before, we're going to talk about Cain and Abel in just a minute. Jacob and Esau came before their father and, and uh, Isaac and wanted to offer them delicious food. I've talked in the past about um, we are the aroma of Christ to others around us. So there's smell is one thing, right? But when you're tasting, when you're actually partaking, uh, that's a whole thing different. We have a greater obligation to please our God even than those around us, right? That's first. We might have an aroma of Christ to others, but what is important to God is that we're preparing something delicious for him. And um, these are stories about brothers in the Bible, the brothers of Cain and Abel. Then I'm going to read just in a minute about, um, or I just read about Jacob and and Esau. I'm going to read about Cain and Abel in just a minute, and and, uh, brothers are an interesting topic. How many of you have brothers? Yes, a lot of people have brothers, of course, and I have three brothers. We're all within six years, and uh, we uh, got into stuff. We got into trouble, you know, and we stuck together sometimes. It was a whole plethora of... of, uh, different events every day day in and day out and uh i think about my my friend todd who who uh just had a reunion with his brother friday night hadn't seen his brother in years they had a falling out and so this was a lot like jacob and esau coming back together in the bible i gave him this the scriptures before he was gonna come back together with him and uh they had the greatest time in the whole world And isn't wonderful when family is restored, and that's what you know. These stories about brothers, and I I actually got a little um, kind of maybe a joke about brothers. And Mike McGee, you'll like this, I think. But there's two two brothers, and they're they're scoundrels, and and one of them dies, and the other one goes to the minister, and he says, "I want you to do my brother's funeral." But in order to do it, I'm, I, I want you to tell people that he was a saint, right? And uh, he was willing to pay the, the preacher $10,000 if he would do the funeral and tell everybody that his brother was a saint. And even though he was a scoundrel, he was a real bad person, the preacher said, I'm going to do this, because the preacher kind of was a good businessman too, right? Right? So they, he gets up and he stands up in front of everybody, and, and uh, the, the live brother is sitting there, and, and uh, he starts to the, the talk about his his brother, and he said, "You know, this guy here, he was a scoundrel. He spent he was in and out of jail all the time. He was um, he kicked the dog. He was he was dishonest." And he started rattling off all these things about how rotten the guy was. And the brother right there is starting to get angry. And all of a sudden he stopped and he said, But compared to his brother here, he was a saint. <laughs> so I knew McGee would like that one. But aren't you glad you're not like the person next to you, right? I mean, it's all kind of, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's all a compa- it's not a comparison that's good not good theology so <laughs> so Genesis four one through seven let me go a little further with this with um, we'll talk about Cain, Cain and Abel right out of the gate remember Cain and Abel are children of Adam and Eve Cain and Abel are God's grandchildren grandchildren that's kind of the way it works Adam and Eve were sons son and daughter of God and they had children that made them grandchildren. So this is this is I don't know how many of you have grandchildren, but usually if you have grandchildren, you let a lot slide, right? And it's all good, and you just kind of smother them with with, with love. And now Adam and Adam knew Eve his wife. She conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. And so again, this idea of presenting something, an offering to God, in this case, it was God directly, and uh, I think about the show on TV, Chopped. Anybody watch Chopped, where where people come and they prepare delicious food, right? And then the judges stand up and they and they um, ch- will chop them. There'll be a Cain and an Esau, Esau in every event, and uh, you know they these ch- chefs, this they undergo great creativity. A um, lot of good chefs out there, and they have their niche. They have their own things that they do really well I think about uh, I don't know if Matt and Michelle are here today but um, love to see them compete I think Matt might win but don't tell Michelle I said that I don't know that's pretty good but um, so they have their own thing and they're no people are known a lot of people are known by their cooking by what they you know if you think about Bar- I don't think Barb's here today but when she when she bakes and stuff everybody the whole town I think knows it but so it's it's really a lot my wife the same way. When she when she cooks, it really um it's really, really good and she's good at it. My cooking's not so great, is it? We've tried that before, it didn't work very well. But in this in this case, we're talking about an acceptable or an unacceptable offering. And in that I think about Chop, they all have a list of things they can go out and get grab from in order to make their well, Cain was not so smart. He he didn't. He just went to the fruits and vegetables aisle, and Abel went to where the meat was—the savory, fatty portions. I, I think I think that's what it says here. But we so Abel prepares this delicious plate of food for God, and Cain does. Cain fails, and you know I I think about that. Remember that old Starkist commercial? Um, I think how did it go? It's people aren't looking for tuna with good taste, but tuna that tastes good, right? So you and I might have good taste, but God is looking for something that tastes good from us. And you're saying, Well, and Cain's saying, Well, you know, I'm I'm your I'm your grandson, God. And I might be saying, God, I'm your son. It's me, Bruce, God. But it's that's only goes so far. And even in the New Testament, Jesus said, Don't say that Abraham's your father. It's not about that. It's about, it's about good fruit, right? Um, and so it's what we prepare for God. It's what we prepare. And this concept doesn't end in uh, the Old Testament. It's carried on into Romans chapter 12. Let's go there. We're going to spend most of our time here. Romans 12, we're just going to read the first verse to begin with. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the, mist- by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound anything like what we were just reading before? Uh, a sacrifice, something holy to God? I think about, and I might have said this before, but it's worth saying. Um, there was a person that used that used to come here. His name was Jim Crowley. Uh, Ron, you remember Jim, and I think Marty, I'm sure you do too. And Jim said something so powerful; it stuck with me for my for ever since I heard it almost 40 years ago. And it was about Peter. And Peter, um, Peter wasn't. He denied Jesus three times, right? And people say, oh, Peter, you're so weak. But Peter was willing to die for Jesus. He proved it. In the garden, he drew a sword, and he, was, he cut off somebody's ear. The fight had begun. And Peter was, was not afraid to die for Jesus. But when it come to the little girl where he denied Jesus... He, had, he was afraid to live for Jesus. And so a lot of times for us, it can be easier to die a thousand deaths than it is to actually stand up for and live for Jesus. And that's why in Romans it says a living sacrifice, all right? Um, that's a little different. That involves your reputation and my reputation, right? We have to put it out there and be ready to spend our reputation. Something that's holy and acceptable to God, right? And I looked up some whole, I like, anybody like quotes? Anybody, let me see some hands. I love quotes. I'd like a, uh, I, I got to get a book just of quotes. I looked up quotes on holiness, and most of them I didn't like. <laughs> I thought they were, I didn't think they were right. I'll give you a couple. I'll give you a couple. And this is this is Oswald Chambers, some very good notable people. He said holiness, not happiness, is the chief end of man. And then even C.S. Lewis says, the holier man becomes the more he mourns over the whole over the unholiness which remains in him. That's C.S. Lewis. Now, these quotes are kind of correct, they really kind of are, but really holiness and happiness aren't opposites. And you and I know, who've lived this for a while, when we're in our really holiest place, we're our happiest, aren't we? They're not conflicting, right? And even self, this, the idea of the, we mourn over our own unholiness, self-loathing, has little it has has little benefit in a long term on a long term basis and so we recognize that we're we're not who we should be but if we're living there if we're constantly thinking about ourselves in such a bad way that's not healthy either. So even though those quotes are, they kind of are right, they're really not, the, the spirit behind them is kind of push puts this pressure on us to be more holy. And um, I, when I think of the word holy, because okay, that's what we're driving for, we want to produce this plate of delicious food, this holiness for God at the end of the day. When I think of the word holy, I think of, the, I think of special use, There's different definitions. I looked up the definition of holy, and uh, I didn't write it down, but there was one section that just said special use. And I think about when we were kids. We'd walk through the dining room 100 times a day, 365 times a year, and in the corner there was a china cabinet. Anybody have a china cabinet in your house? Do you still have it? Some people still have it. And there was in the china cabinet, guess what? China. And it was stuff that sat there the whole year except for Christmas Day. We pulled out the china, had to wash it before you had to use it because it sat there for a year. And uh, it was for special use, right? Something that is only for special occasions. And so that's the idea of, of holiness with you and I. That's why we live our lives in a certain way that perhaps other people don't live. We know that we're going to um, live, go to the same workplace as everybody else, go do the same things as everybody else, but we also know there's a higher standard, and and we're living a little bit differently than, hopefully, a lot differently in, than everybody. We have to say no often, right? And this idea of holiness is really important to God. As a matter of fact, that's how he's described, right? Isaiah six three this the seraphim back and forth to each other they said holy 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 and he's probably put I don't know if you're putting these up it doesn't matter but they this is how god is described yeah he's a god of love he's a god of mercy and of judgment and all kinds of but his the first description is a description of his holiness revelation 4:8 the four creatures they 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 declared holy 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 is god and he's holy. If you don't know this about God, you don't know Him. He's He's our friend. He's our brother. He's the lover of our souls, and the people. And but He's also very holy. And so I'm I'm just saying, we may need to tighten up a little bit, right? Isaiah five, Isaiah six, five. Just two verses later, Isaiah, Isaiah says, "I am a man of unclean lips." He's comparing himself right directly after with God. And, and um, let's just be careful about cozying up too quickly, too easily with God, right? There's a place, for, I know that. We, we live in a place where as children, but understand God is holy. Um, we're made perfect, but still we're not really functioning like it, right? There's a lot of encouragement in the scripture for us to... Be holy, right? James three ten, it says, and I'll maybe we should read James three ten. If you want to get it, I'll read it right off of that. Actually, let me go, let me go to yeah, here it is. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers, these things ought not so to be. Verse eleven. Does a spring pour forth the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So this is talking about um, us being, our hearts being as a source, and one minute we're this way, and the next minute we're this way. And that's that we've got to deal with today. Um, And I love how it says, these things ought not so to be. So again, we're made holy. When I was... um, I think I was probably 14, but I borrowed five, almost $500 from my brother. My brother had a lot of money all the time. I didn't. It's one of my these brother issues that we've that I was talking about earlier. But I borrowed money from him to buy a motorcycle. I loved motorcycles, but I bought um, a Hodaka. Anybody remember Hodakas? They don't. I don't. They don't make them anymore. I bought this Hodaka. It's called a Road Toad, and it was brand new. Bought it from All Cycle Shop out in Helena, and I brought this thing, this perfect machine, home, brand new. And I struggled with that whole that 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 Road Toad all day long. And Joel, where's Joel? Your uncle had a Yamaha three. I'll talk to you later about that, but. I used to go down to your grandfather's land, and that's where I rode. So I'll talk, I'm not going to bring up that story, either, because that <laughs> involves the police. Anyways. <laughs> so I buy this road toad, and the whole day, it wouldn't run right. Brand new. Brand new. And the whole day, I struggled with it. It was coughing and sputtering. Well, guess what? The choke was on. I mean, I'm 14 years old. I'm. And I've finally realized the choke was on, and so that's that's the idea here. We're made perfect, but a lot of times our choke is left on, right? And we're sputtering, and we're we're not living the way we need to to live. And uh, so there's there's ways we're going to talk about that as we go on, in order to in order to live in a holy way to create this delicious plate for God. So, I mean, I guess my question is: Are you choking this morning? Are you preparing a mixture of food, salt water and fresh water? Um, and if that's the case, I love how this how it phrases it. I don't like it the phrase, but it's phrased sin is crouching at your door. If you're if you're living a life of mixture, there's this kind of. You get the picture? I, I love the, the poetry with it. Sin is crouching at you, and you must have dominion over it. It wants to have you, but you must control it. So we have to get control over this and uh, make, make some adjustments in our life, get that choke off, right? The New Testament is filled with, I saw that nudge, Brad. I saw that. <laughs> the New Testament is filled with encouragement for us to live a way that's pleasing to God. Well understanding writers that wrote it knew that we were born again, we're a new creation, old things are passed away, all things are become new, yet they still write on and on and on about how we conduct our lives, right? So we're made perfect, but we don't we don't walk like it. So the The Bible is written to encourage us over and over again. Hebrews 12, 14, be holy. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, purify ourselves, perfecting holiness. Luke 1, 74 and 75, serve him in holiness. Ephesians 4, 24, put on the new self created to be like God in true holiness. And of course, our favorite one, 1 Peter 1, 16, be holy. Because I'm holy. Amen. So um, I'm here today really again to encourage each of us to consider what we're cooking up for God in our lifestyles. What we're going to get on that plate. There's a day coming, the day of the Lord, when that whole plate is going to present be presented. But right now... Are you ready? Are we ready? The Bible wants us to be ready because it's coming in as a thief in the night. And how's your plate looking today? You got some delicious food on there? Or do you got some stuff that's uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not so much? Romans 12, 1 through 9, it talks about this this whole Romans 12 thing. That's the beginning, that first scripture of the admonition to be holy and to and and to offer our lives a, a holy living sacrifice, acceptable for God. But the whole rest of the book of Romans 12 talks about the steps and what is involved. When you read that section, that verse one, you can read the next 20 verses and see all of that pertains, all of what applies there, right? Verse two, it says, talks about being transformed, knowing God's will. Verse three, not thinking too highly of yourself right? All of these acts, all of these thoughts, these things that can go into our heart that can help us to live holy. Verses four through seven, functioning in your gift. Let's read 12 verses nine through 14. It says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. This is all illustrations of holiness. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I love that. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. And it goes on and on, all kinds of godly instruction on how we're supposed to live with this new creation that we've been given. God's handed us a brand new life. We're born again. And now we have to learn to walk in that, right? And it really is, I, I think about when my k- kids were young, I used to give them a hard time. I'd say, like, this, today is opposite day. Remember that, Spencer? We had the opposite day. And when, whenever you said, whenever it was opposite day, no means yes, up means down or whatever. So kind of like yesterday in the airport, we were coming back from, uh, Sarasota, but I, we started the. Got before we got on the plane, there was a Dunkin' Donut there, and my wife didn't know it was opposite day. She said, "Do you want a muffin?" I said, "No." No means yes, right? So we get on the plane, and and she does. She has to share the muffin with me. So the idea here. Okay, I'm making a point. This, if you read these, all of what I just read, a lot of the, a lot of the things in the Bible. It's really an opposite thing. It's let's do what is naturally opposite. In other words, all these things that come very natural to us are not good things, usually, where we are self-preserving, self-protecting. It's all about self. These are all a lists of things that really are opposite. And if we... If if we just think kind of an, in opposite terms of how we would initially react, then any folks in here struggle a little bit with road rage. <laughs> I hear some laughing over here. I was down in Florida again, like for the last week, and the traffic is crazy. And Florida has a lot of nice people, but they have some people that aren't that nice either. So, I mean, there was a, I, I, you know, I was writing this message through the week, and I'm like, I've got to try this out before I present it. So, God gives you plenty of opportunities, and so I was in the middle of traffic, and my wife didn't even know it, but somebody did a gesture, and uh, it wasn't, wasn't what you're thinking, but it was something like, come on, you know, they see my New York license plate, and they struggle with that a little bit, Some some of the Florida people, but... Um, I went like this back, and I go, oh, I failed, I failed, and I'm supposed to do good to those that, you know, but anyways, opposite, doing the opposite. We should have a full plate for God of genuine love, works of honor, zeal, rejoicing, patience, hospitality, overcoming evil with good. That's the rest of Romans chapter 12. If you want something to do over the next week, memorize Romans chapter 12, only 21 verses. So who memorizes anymore? Any of you? Memorize scripture, it's good. I, I'll tell you what, I memorized a lot when I was young. I remember them all. Now if I memorize something, in three days it's gone. But um, So do it early if you're young, memorize scripture. Um, also, when it comes to holiness... Don't separate parts of your life out. and compart- Remember those the paper plates? A lot of them are paper plates. And they have dividers, right? And you put your beans there, you put your potatoes here, and you put whatever else there or whatever. And nothing should touch. They should be in their own separate places. And I think God looks at things a little differently. It's more like when I go to Via Main. Anybody like Viamain? I go to VMA and I get... Um, Eggs over easy, home fries, and toast. And I take the eggs over easy and the home fries, and I mix it in, put ketchup, mix it all in. So no longer are you eating eggs or home fries or even ketchup. You're eating this whole plate of whatever it is. It's a whole different taste. And so understand, again, I'm making a point here. I'm making a point. What we present to God is the totality of what's on our plate, right? Right. You may have a good Sunday morning, but not such a good Monday morning. And really, it's kind of mixed in. When it comes right down to it, God's looking for something that tastes good as a whole. Amen? Um, There's a quote, another, my next quote I have, it says, Everything is interwoven, and the web is holy. That's Marcus Aurelius. And that's the point I'm making. Everything is interwoven and it's all holy. And so as I'm coming to an end here, uh, I know that most of us want this. If you're born again, you want to live a life that's pleasing to God. You would say, yes. Here's the question. How do we do this? Another quote, Corey Ten Boom. She says, Trying to do the, work, the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. Big difference. A couple weeks ago, I walk in. I'm talking with Justin and Brian here. Brian comes, walks right up to Justin and I, and he's just on fire. And he says, I signed up for everything where do you want me? And and Justin quickly said, well, oh, we need help uh, greeters. So I remember just three weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, and uh, Brian went out and started greeting. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, like Brian was that day, and like we all should be, it's easy. You just sign your name up to everything and just go wherever, wherever God leads. Amen? And uh, versus where I have to, do this one thing, and then do this other thing. This single task oriented is is um, is not going to get is not going to get us there. Let me put it like this. I'm going to talk about uh, a lawn mowing illustration. That's my cue for Sarah. Um, how many of you are lawn mowers? Like to run the lawnmower? Who can mow your lawn and make really straight lines? Elaine, Ken, Vonda, I'm still caught up on all the shoes that you have. But there's a way to make straight lines, and it's not how you think it is. When you mow your grass, if you're looking down at the line and trying to make a straight line by following the line, you'll end up going like this all the way down through. The idea to make a straight line is to look at the farthest point that you're going to focus on that. When you get done, you'll have a straight line. Any other lawnmowers ever experienced that? It's true. Hebrews 12.2 says, looking unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. This is how we do this. This is how we prepare this delicious plate, not by individual acts and effort like Corey Ten Boom was talking, but by being filled with the Holy Spirit, And it just naturally flows out of you. And I love this this section of scripture, Matthew 22. And I'm going to read that. Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Just two. You want an easy button for this? That's what we need. We need an easy button to live for, holy for God that easy form or the easy button. Um, Or if I, anybody have you the version, how many different versions of the Bible do you have at home? Probably seven or eight. Anybody have that version, the Bible for dummies? (laughs) I've seen it. It's out there. And I think all it contains is Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Love God and love people. Everything else hangs on that. If you're good at loving God and loving people, you're making a great plate of food for God. Amen? And the results, and I won't read it. It's out of Genesis 27, where Jacob and Esau end up um, the blessing. One of them does it in a deceitful, conniving way, but he still gets the blessing. And the dis- description of the blessing is dew from heaven, fatness of the earth, provision, people who help you. How many of you have just find yourself in a place where you're when you're in trouble often, and people just show up and help you? We drove down to um, Florida a couple of years ago with our sob. Um, You know how Carson knows all about SOBs, but not very many people know much about SOBs anymore because they've been discontinued. And we got halfway down there in in the middle of the night to get gas and the antifreeze starts spilling out all over the place. That's not a good sign, is it, Carson? So um, we pulled over, we ended up sleeping in a parking lot that night, which was, it could have been a lot worse. Well then we come across the right place right at 7:30 in the morning they had us fixed and on the road at 9 with a little just a little part that they and we were gone you know that happens a lot for for me it seems like and I bet you if you're living right if you're offering god what these this delicious food I bet you stuff like that's happening to you and and watch for it even and it's it's the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, provision, people who help you. And you'll also have a direct impact on other people in your life, influence. All these things. God is, you know what? God is very eager to pour out on each of us blessings that we couldn't even imagine, right? The eye hasn't heard eye hasn't seen, the ear hasn't heard. Neither has even entered into our heart the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And I'm telling you, I just want to encourage you today. Transition to a life of holiness, a sacrifice, a living sacrifice that is acceptable. Fill your plates this week with delicious food for God. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning that you're the giver. We are the receivers, Lord. You've got all the provision. We've got just about nothing, but anything we need is at our our disposal. Father, we thank you for the songs of faith this morning. We thank you, Father, for the whole package of what you're saying to us this morning. We receive it, Lord God. We receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls this morning. Help change us, Lord God, so that we're filled with the Holy Spirit this week. And we're, it's just flowing out of us the goodness of God to those around us, that we're going out of our way to the places that are uncomfortable, easily, Father, knowing, Father, that you're there and you're going to show up and do mighty things in our place of discomfort, Lord God. We offer our lives a living sacrifice to you, Father, holy and acceptable as a plate of delicious food. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.